expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. You're in the fast lane now, episode 55 of Down and Nerdy, where if we ever find ourselves watching one of those courtroom daytime TV shows, the Honorable Judge Dredd better be presiding. Exactly. That'd be kind of a cool reality show, though. <laughs> well, they would all end in sentence. Death. <laughs> Death. <laughs> I just, everybody, yeah, you know, you're watching all of a sudden, they have, you know, have the, the narrator when the people walk in the courtroom, like, this is Cassandra Cass. She has she is suing her neighbor, forty six year old Trevor da- Trevor Baines, because his dog crapped on her front lawn. She wants him to pay for damage to her lawn, and also it's just like the most minuscule thing. Sentence death. <laughs> that lawnmower was already broken. Sentence death. Talk <laughs> <laughs> James with him alongside the murder with one arm. Nick Pataglia. If yeah, somebody if somebody parodies that, we we got there first. I want to start off by saying I uh, pissed James off this week, last week actually, by uh, well, you can say why you're kind. Of, I drew your ire this past week. I'm trying to remember. How did you draw my ire? I'm thinking now. Because I have a beautiful black box, the inscription PS4 on it. That's right. Well, I was just, you know, I was happy for you at the same time, but at the same time, screw you, because um, you, <laughs> went out and got the, you went out and got the PS4 with The Last of Us and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah I was, and then you just decided to rub it in my face even more by pre-ordering MKX and Arkham Knight. I did. I really, really did. And here's the thing. I, so, here, so we put up a, a, story last week about how GameStop was doing the whole train your PS3, get the PS4 for half off. Now, I had been saving for my PS4, and James can attest to this, for a long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so I'm like, I had about a little, you know, well over a little over 200 bucks saved up, almost three. And I was just like, you know what? I can get $175 credit for my PS3 plus my game, so I, it'll be about 200 plus dollars. So I got it for half off. I beat The Last of Us last night, actually. Nice. And I got NBA 2K15, and I'm loving the hell out of that. Dude, it's such an amazing system. The controller feels amazing. The graphics, of course, are, are phenomenal. Uh, but, yeah, MKX comes out in like a couple weeks. I can't wait to get that. And I know Cody was even saying, he was like, we should just get you know uh, a second controller just show up at his apartment. You know, unannounced. Oh, Cody and I are going to make plans. Yeah. It's going to be like that. Remember that Seinfeld episode where he wants to play with her toys, his girlfriend's toys. So he like drugs her and then he starts playing with her toys while she's <laughs> yeah. asleep. Yeah. Well, Cody and I already have plans. So uh, when you least expect it, you're going to be ready for a nice long nap. I'm going to just walk in one from work one day and just see you and Cody just sitting on the couch playing. It'd be, it'd be like watching and catching somebody watching porn. Yeah. Except we'll be playing PS4. I'm like, this isn't what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it was also a very nerdy weekend because, well, it was James's birthday this past week, and we celebrated we had a big surprise party for him at Dave and Buster's uh, Virginia Beach on Saturday. And it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, kind of like my birthday was, well, it was on last Wednesday, and then it kind of carried over into the weekend. And a bunch of my family members showed up. And, of course, you and Cody were there, and Cody's wife, Amanda. And uh, it was a great, it was a great time, man. And a lot of great fun, a lot of great people, and a lot of great games, too, because you and I actually finished. The Transformers game from Dave Buster's. We did. We beat Transformers. Took us, I don't know how many tries. I think like eight 
card swipes to get something uh, like that. I don't know if it was eight. I think it was more like five. I think we should give ourselves a little more credit than how, that. But how great were the friendship trophies? How much were we laughing at those? Oh my gosh, that was funny. And then it was like we we had jumped in there, and I guess somebody had already put in their names. Yeah. So I was Vanessa, and you were Jay. Yeah. And I was totally cool with that because you know I'm confident in my sexuality. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot going on in the chestal area, but I, I was okay with the uh, with the whole Vanessa thing. Exactly. And then then of course you played Ben. Battle pod for the first time and it was quite dizzying for you it was it was it was weird well i love first of all i loved it because it was so it's it wraps around for those who yeah. haven't played it yet and it's almost like you you really do feel like you're in space or in and or in hoth wherever you happen to be at the time but it also like blows air at you while you're flying which i thought was really cool but it can be a little dizzying because this isn't one of those games where, you know, you just fly straight and shoot stuff. No, you actually have to control the fighter in every aspect it's or the speeder, whatever it is, any aspect. You have to record it and take the turns and go after the uh, the uh, the Empire ships and stuff like that. It's crazy. It's literally like if you took Ace Combat, the old PlayStation game Ace Combat, and you put it in a big, gigantic wraparound screen and label it Star Wars, that's it. It's that dizzying. It was like having your own private, tiny little IMAX theater. Yeah. is the best way I can describe it. You know how the screen's so huge and it sort of kind of wraps around a little bit and you feel like you're right there? That's how it felt, except you're sitting in this thing and you've got the... I can only assume what would be realistic controllers. I've never been in a TIE fighter before, but I can only assume that's what it would look like if I was in one. But uh, no, and I and I made it almost all the way to the end of that. I got uh, I I got killed at the last Vader mission there, and it was kind of getting close to the end of the night anyway. So I was like, all right, I'll come back and I'll it'll give me something to conquer later when I come back to Dave and Buster's in Virginia Beach. Well, there you go. I mean, but, I mean that was you know pretty much it. But we do have a you know big show planned for everybody this week. We're going to be talking about a couple of new comics we got this week as well. Also, our main topic is going to be about random geek stuff. So it's going to be a free-flowing discussion about anything geeky. And James, I'm glad you actually brought up that kind of topic too. Yeah, I mean, it's I thought about it and I'm like, you know, we, we'd like to come up with really unique and creative main topics, but there's some stuff that, you know, we'd love to talk about, but it's not, you know, we couldn't do a whole, you know, 20, 30 minutes on it. So we just decided, you know what? Random nerd stuff. And we, when we say random... If you've listened to this show, <laughs> it's random. And what this actually will kind of do is, because Nick and I always prepare for the show behind the scenes, and inevitably there'll be this tangent where we'll just talk about something in, in nerddom, whether it be The Flash or something in video games. And we're going to bring those kind of discussions to you in this main topic. So it's almost like a peek behind the curtain, if you will. Yeah, also this week we're going to be talking about the 007 Spectre trailer and Geektainment. Also, we're going to talk about you know Hugh Jackman making that big announcement about him playing Wolverine one last time. I kind of think it's bullshit, but I'll tell you why coming up in uh, Nerd News. But also we got you know the Transformers news coming out, a lot of DC TV news. It's pretty much... It's pretty much been a busy week in terms of news this week. I, I know. Sometimes it's hard to cram it all in. And, of course, you know, save Constantine, we'll be talking about that. The Flash era spinoff. I think some people were spe- skeptical as to whether or not that was going to happen. Not only is it happening, we have casting news now. In a bi- I was really excited when I heard it, but we'll talk more about that in nerd news. But you'd mentioned the 007 Spectre trailer. We'll be talking about that in Geek Tame Up. But coming up next, a couple new comics. It's what we're reading here on Down and Nerdy. And it's that time, boys and girls, nerds that's alike. We pull out those long boxes and discuss what we're reading. And James got two new comics this week, and I'm going to go first this week. And, uh, well, I did a last issue of something. Okay. I like last issues. 
Unfortunately, this last issue was one that came up unexpectedly because I thought it was going to get a longer run. Uh, it's Nightcrawler number 12. Yeah, it's hard to believe that it didn't get at least to 13 issues. You'd have thought it gotten that long, especially with Secret Wars isn't even here yet. Right. But the thing is, you know, this is written by a guy by Chris Claremont and the art's done by Todd Nauk. Now, here's the thing. It's, they only gave me his 12 and Bob over Fantascape Comics and Cards. He told us, he's like, yeah, well, let's know this is the last issue. Because we were there at the same time I was picking this up. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? I'm like, and the thing is, you know, I did a review of an earlier issue, a couple earlier issues, and it's been very up and down. And this is just like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, was, I can see now why I only got two issues. Because it was just bad. Like, it was bad, dude. And it's just the plot. So the plot is after a recent battle, two of Nightcrawler's students were abducted and delivered to a slave market ran by a guy called Tulemar Vogue. Now, that's a problem right there. I don't know what it is with these new X-Men comics or or like Spider-Man the X-Men or whatever mm-hmm. in the X-Men. Stop injecting the fucking kids into this comics. Yeah, the students just quit it. I mean, if you want to give them like their own comic – Knock yourself out, but stop trying to shove them down my throats in every X-Men comic and crossover. Jeez. And that's the problem. I'm like, because it, it's it's that thing of like, at first when you read the first comic, like, okay, Nightcrawler's back from the dead. This is pretty cool. You know, his mother turns on everything else. And then it's just like, there's a part where, and like one of the mid-issues, um, where there's one of the students named Rico is on the, the, the Blackbird, and they're like, and one of the other students is like, Rico, we can get in trouble, you know, if we uh, get caught. And what happens? Nightcrawler catches Rico and says, hey, do you want to go on an adventure, Rico? What the fuck? What? Yeah. This isn't magic school, boss. What is no. going on? And they go towards like a like a, like a, a, a battle pretty much. And then Storm finds out that Rico and Nightcrawler are gone. And there's no punishment. There's no, why is a student with you? You know, kind of thing. Wow. Uh, that's a problem. It's like I said, it's like when you put a child in a movie, like Iron Man 3, for example, whatever, it just bogs down, you know, it rapidly slows down. See, this is, to me, this is worse, though. I don't, I don't think he, the kid bogged it down as much in Iron Man 3 as, as the kids have bogged down these X-Men comics, because it's just like, it's almost like, you remember that episode of Family Guy, where they're making fun of people showing pictures of their kids, yeah. and he's like shoving the wallet in the guy's face until his nose bleeds? Yeah. That's what I feel like with these X-Men comics and these and these students, they just keep, you know, here, you're gonna like them, you're gonna like them, you're gonna like them, no, stop it! Well, I mean, that's, I think that's more what Marvel and the Age of Ultron trailers will more of that in the main topic. Oh, but, gosh. <laughs> but, I, no. So, anyways, they're trying to, you know, save these children from these slave market, whatever. And the pro is that throughout the entire run, Nauk's art has been great. Like, it's just been phenomenal. And I think when it comes to Death of Wolverine, the one issue they spent where it was a tie in the Death of Wolverine, where you had the candle and the picture of Nightcrawler mm-hmm. Wolverine. That's literally the best tie to any of the Wolverine, Death of Wolverine comic series. Um, now, there's a lot of cons. As I said, the writing's been hit, mostly miss. And then there's the cover. The cover is actually the same cover as issue number nine, except it's a little bit different. Instead of Nightcrawler running away from X-Men who are possessed... He's running with them, leading them to a charge. And it's literally the exact same people on the cover. It's the exact what? same color style. It's the exact same pretty much poses and everything else. It's You take the cover from issue 9, put it on issue 12, and not make Nightcrawler look afraid on it. That's what you got. Which is funny because it's like, 
I mean, if it was like issue two's cover or three, you'd be like, all right, I see that they kind of went back there. But this was three issues ago. Yeah. And the cover artist just say, you know what? I'm done. Photoshop it. Do whatever you want. But I'm done. Yeah. And again, it's like it's one of the things where it's like if there's really like if there's any comic series that could use a nice reboot and go more of a serious, darker route, maybe uh, I would go with that. Like I would do that. This would be the series to do it with. But of course, it just ended. So it's not going to reboot it yet. Because uh, Secret Wars is coming out soon. Give it time. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. All is well that ends well, pretty much. Or all ends horribly ends in a reboot. Uh, the thing is, like I said, it's something that I, 12 issues, it's, it's something that needs to be done. Because, I mean, I was reading this in front of you, dude. We were in the same place and I was just reading yep. this. I'm like, dude, I can't. I got to power through it. And it's like, oh, God. And, and they're bailing these things called, like, uh, the war wolves and everything else. And they're like these pet wolves kind of thing. I'm just like, oh, God. Damn, no. So what you're saying is, since you can't really give a pull or a pickup reading rating, would you say, you know, if you're an, if you're a Nightcrawler fan, don't go back and read this series when it comes out in the trade? Or where are you going with this? I'd read, like, the, maybe the first two issues. Like, I'd read up to after the, his mother turns on and he loses uh, his, his love, who I can't think of her name in the in the book, but it's kind of weird because she's kind of like his sister or stepsister in a sense. So it's kind of ah, weird. Game of Thrones on us there. Very much. So uh, <laughs> I would end it. That it's kind of like with Hulk and uh, the whole banner thing. I would end like right, right before uh, the Omega Hulk run. So stops. you're saying like the first trade would probably be okay. Cause that would cover like the first five issues. So that, so stop there. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I give this probably three bamps out of 10. Wow. Wow, that's that's pretty awful, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the, you know, and people say, well, why, well, if it's only if you're giving like half the run, you know, like the AOK, why are you not giving like a five or six? It's because the writing has just been bad, and when, when you and it was really consistent uh, towards the tail end of it, even in the middle of it. And like I said, even though I think that the part where his mom and everything was great, again, the writing was just consistent. And then when you put the students in there, it doesn't, I don't care about them. You know, I don't, I really don't care. I totally understand. Now, James, your, your comic this week, I don't know what you read, but, uh, you said it gave you one big of a mind fuck. Yeah. And, uh, it was, I, I, I had to do it being the DC guy here on the podcast. I got to do it. Convergence number zero that came out this week. I had to do it. It's written by Dan Jurgens and Jeff King. Art by our buddy, Ethan Van Shiver. Yeah. And, uh, colors by Marcelo Maiolo. See what I did there? Got the name right. Got the name right. Boom. In your face. By the way, anyway. when, I, by the way when I texted you last night and uh, and I said, you were like, oh, this, thing, this comic book gave me like a big mind fuck and everything else. I'm like, let me guess. You read Conversion Zero, didn't you? And you didn't text me back any reply to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I should have known. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured I figured you did. I'm like, well, screw it. He knows, whatever. Okay, now here's a question. You know, as we ask every time we do like a zero issue or even a number one, does it read like a zero issue, or does it actually is it actually you know buckle yourself in type of a thing? No, it definitely reads like a zero issue, but it does pick up surprisingly enough where the Superman doomed run war kind of left off basically if you don't know what happened there it was brainiac that infected superman with a doomsday virus and then there was like he had to suck him into a black hole to defeat him and and cure himself of the doomsday virus now he's kind of trapped into this place in between time and there's several different versions of brainiac in this in this story i actually tweeted ethan van shriver and i said bah you got a you got a brainiac for everybody in oprah's audience well done i mean basically <laughs> and you every- get a brainiac and, and you, you get, get a brainiac, brainiac. 
Basically, I mean, every version of Brainiac that we've ever seen in DC was in this issue. And it was kind of confusing at times because he's talking about this this master and this grand plan. And all I can really surmise from it is there's like a god Brainiac. Right. You know, the Brainiac that's like the creator of worlds. And, and he creates it. And then he says, okay, I here's my other Brainiacs. Here's your jobs. After I create it, this is what you need to do to maintain it. Is so that's kind of what I got from. So who, out of, even before you write Convergence Zero, like who was your favorite form of a, of Brainiac? You know, is the God Brainiac the one? Because I see in the cover, is it the one that it's in the the very very background? It looks kind of like a skull face in a sense. Yes, and it's like the size of a planet. Yeah, I mean it's it's really huge, and I, I've always kind of liked the uh, the regular sized version of Brainiac, the, uh, the <laughs> Veldox kind of phrasing regular size. You know, like the, like the you know the shrunken down. Brainiac. Um, <laughs> still, still phrasing. Well, you know, there's that. Um, and basically, he's doing these experiments on Superman, the, the giant Brainiac, I guess you could call him, the god <laughs> Brainiac. And he's it's just gonna and it's just gonna sound horribly wrong every time you say big Brainiac or small Brainiac or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, they don't really label them one, two, three, four, and five, so I gotta kind of go with what I can go with. <laughs> I'm just, hey, you picked the comic, not me. Um, well, basically they're, they're showing, there's, he's showing them different timelines in which Superman dies in each one. And it's kind of bizarre because like in one Lex Luthor kills him and another one Brainiac kills him and another one it's Doomsday. And then another one it's what, like a horrible case of AIDS? I, I don't know. I, can Superman even get AIDS? I don't know. Super AIDS? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But he actually, uh, he ends up escaping into this other realm that doesn't seem to be within time. And he finds the, what I can only call him as the Builder Brainiac. Is that cool? Are we good there? We're good there. Okay. He's, like the, he's like the city builder. And he wants to get back to, he says, you know, where's my Brainiac? He's saying, you know, I would need to talk to him. I need to get back to my metropolis. And they basically told him, no, you can't go back to your metropolis. This whole issue is very confusing. But I think it was confusing on purpose. And he finally tells Superman that he doesn't belong in this place in between time. And he kind of just ejects him out of there. And this Builder Brainiac, whose master, the God Brainiac, hasn't come back yet, has decided, screw this guy. I'm not waiting for him. Basically, Brainiac stealing cities from other timelines and putting him in this limbo place to see if they're worthy of being part of his new world is kind of the way it is. So that's how all the different timelines in Convergence are going to kind of come together. It's like the bottled city of Candor times a thousand in different timelines. It's exactly what it is. So basically the God Brainiac's going to steal the current version of Metropolis and bring it back because it's basically doomed cities that are failing in their timelines. He's trying to bring to another timeline. So, so that's how so they're all he, coming together. So pretty much he's taken Detroit and bring it to another timeline. It's like, yeah, if yeah, it's like, you know what? Detroit's not working. Let's go bring it back to 1954 and see if we can get this Detroit to start working again. <laughs> it's very yes. much like that. Uh, it was definitely true to its name and that that's how they're converging into the same timeline. And, you know, they're basically, they know that they're somewhere else, these cities, because they're bottled up and they're trying to get out. And Superman's like, you're running a zoob. You can't just en- enslave these people. So we don't really know where Superman's ended up at the end of this issue. Mm. Like I said, very confusing. Uh, I was able to kind of pick up where they were going with it. Like you said, it very much reads like a zero issue, but the art by Van Shriver is phenomenal. And I'm not just saying this because we know the guy. I mean, the detail work is just unbelievable. And I'm I'm really glad that he's going to be a part of uh, being the art of this series. Uh, the story begs a lot of questions. So 
I'm in for the next issue. I'm in for issue one because I obviously want to see where the arc starts up. <laughs> but I'll be honest. I got my caution bulb lit on this one. I'm not totally sold. It's going to be kind of like with me and Secret Wars. Because, I mean, those are the two big titles or or things that are going on this summer. Right. And it seems like a very similar story for oh, both. Oh, that's, that's a lot of people said. They said it's pretty much just copying one another or mimicking one another. I mean, Secret Wars kind of has a whole different dimensions or whatever going on. And, right. You know, so like I said, those are two kind of things we'll be reading throughout the, the times they go on. So is this a, as you say, your, your caution bulb is lit. So uh, how many issues would you give Convergence until you say, you know what, it's not worth it? Well, since the, we've I've already read the zero issue, I'm going to go through, if if by issue two I'm not in and we're not going somewhere with it, I might have to, I might have to give up on it. Okay. Because that would be three issues, since, you know, zero, one, two. So I usually have a three-issue rule. But I was really hoping that I would be so... Like, when the when I read the first issue from Free Comic Book Day of, of Future's End, I was in. Yeah. Now, the rest of the run didn't end up being similar to that, unfortunately. <laughs> but I was in. So with this, I was hoping that I would get that same reaction. Even though I read Superman Doomed, and it was nice to see it pick up from there, I wasn't just like, wow, where's issue one right now? Uh, right. So that's why I'm a little bit cautious on this one. You know, I'm kind of shocked that you didn't go Batman number 52 because it ends this it ends this Batman week. Eternal? Yeah, I know. Well, we'll probably talk about that next week. Yeah. Give but, that a little... Well, I mean, Convergence is the, is the well, major yeah. arc that's happening, so I figured this would have to be the week that we would talk about that. Yeah. But that's it for what we're reading. Again, I read Nightcrawler number 12, and I said, you know, it wasn't that great. Give it the whole series about 3 out of 10. James, you read Convergence number 0, and you said that, hey, I gave it to issue number 2 and see where it goes. Yep, that sounds about right. And that's going to do it for what we're reading. Coming up next is Geektainment. We're talking about James Bond, Spectre. Stay tuned. More Down Nerdy coming up next. It's Tainment. Geektainment. This week in Geektainment, as a matter of fact, as we go across the pond with fancy cars and loose women, Nick, it's time to talk 007. <laughs> Can I just say, of all the puns, you know my hatred of puns? I'm not going to lie, I actually like that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Finally, 55 episodes is all it took for you to actually enjoy a pun. Exactly. But, I mean, I'm going to hate the rest of them, but oh, I just Of course. Like that well, one. you know, well, at least I got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, we're talking the 007 Spectre trailer, and my, oh my, what a trailer. Even though it doesn't give you a lot, uh, it's something that I'm very excited about, especially after how great Skyfall was. Which is funny, because it was a great trailer, but I can't think of one single action sequence in the trailer. But it was still great. I mean, you expect when you see a Bond trailer, just like, you know, kind of like Mission Impossible is the same way. You expect to see a lot of action. There was none, but it was so compelling, it just kept your attention. Yeah, so, of course, this takes place after Skyfall. And the thing is, when you watch this trailer, as James mentioned, it's not really any action sequence in it. It's a lot of mystery. I think that's what's going to be based on. It's a lot of mystery. Very much uh, so. And of course, this is based after Skyfall. Now, James Bond has a secret. Now, what's his secret? My guess is, I think he marathons Golden Girls, James, while dressed as Blanche because he's just that much of a fan. I think that's I, his big secret in I, uh, Spectre. I think this is where we finally find out he has syphilis. Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, yes. You can't, just, you can't just do that many women and... And not get something By the at way, some point. Have you? I think he has the dick of death because if you watch like all the Bond films, any girl <laughs> he has sex with, <laughs> any girl he has sex with ends up dying like the next scene, pretty much. Nobody's ever said that before, ever. <laughs> Nobody's ever used this term dick of death. That's just could you see Robert Stack saying that in Unsolved Mysteries or something? <laughs> I find it's unsolved mysteries. The dick of death. And Is it hug? real? 
or not. And they called him the Dick of Death. Or it might be like Ripley's Believe It or Not, Dean Cain comes out. <laughs> oh, I be- It's I, called the Dick of Death. I, I, I believe it because you're absolutely right, especially since uh, Daniel Craig took over. These women don't survive, so. No. But maybe, maybe that's the kicker here. Maybe what his big secret is, is he has this secret family that we don't know about, or he has a daughter. I mean, come on. How could he not have one kid? You mean to tell me he didn't slip one past the goalie in all these times? <laughs> although you're although you're making a good point, maybe the women didn't survive long enough to actually have his child. So yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, it's got to be something along those lines, I think. He's got, he's got some sort of a secret family, whether it be a daughter, a wife, a sister, something like that, that somebody's found out about. Well, I think here's the thing. I think it's going to be this Court of Owls type of a thing, where maybe his dad was a part of it or some sort of secret society, as we kind of see in the trailer. So the reason why I want to bring that up is Christoph Waltz, who we know, is playing the main villain. He's playing yes. Oberhauser. But here's the pretty big kicker of Christoph Waltz's character now. I'm gonna maybe warn if it's a spoiler or not. I'm not sure if this is who he really is yet. But you click the name Oberhauser on the IMDb page right next to his name, right? And guess where it takes you? Where? To Ernst Stavro Blofeld's page. Interesting. Now, there was a big story a few months ago or a while back saying that Blofeld was going to be coming back. And here's the thing. So, Waltz is Blofeld. And who is, of course, the biggest villain in the Bond universe. He was in From Russia with Love, Thunderball, mm-hmm. You Only Live Twice, Iron Majesty's Secret Service, Diamonds Are Forever, For Your Eyes Only, and Never Say Never Again. So pretty much every Bond film, he was pretty much the main villain in. It was like how Lex Luthor always popped up in Superman movies. Yeah. You just knew that he was going to be part of it no matter what. So it's it's kind of on that level, except less Gene Hackman-ish. So it's a little bit more serious uh, this time around. I think that would be a cool, nice little, nice little nod to do in these modern films to bring back uh, a villain of that magnitude. Actually, because remind you, if you go to Skyfall, look at how big his house was. The, you know, the Bond estate in Skyfall. It's like, well, how you know? They never really mentioned what his father did. Uh, and it shows like he's holding a picture, which seems to be like an older picture. So maybe it might be like his grandfather or yeah. whomever. Uh, maybe his grandfather found you know this kind of secret organization from what it looks like in a sense and you know we don't really know it's the same organization but just when you, when you see a lot of people in the room like around a balcony wrapped around the balcony mm-hmm. and you know you have a round table you kind of get that that vibe and when the guy tells bond you're a kite dancing in a hurricane i'm like wow it's not like he was quoting a lyric from an elton john deep track he really did you're a kite dancing in a hurricane wow you sound like creed if he was elton john wow that's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. I'll never do that again. Yeah, um, please please don't. But when you said the Court of Owls, I thought it was interesting because I kind of got the whole Court of Owls vibe. But then I saw the cross up right. there. I'm like, are they going to go evil religious cult thing again? Because, no, you I know, think I could that, do I without think, that. No, not I that think, it's not cool, but. No, I think that that, that, that cross is, maybe he's at, uh, was it M's funeral? Yeah, that you're right. That's a possibility. Because because remember, Ray Fiennes takes over for her now. Right, I I'd forgotten about I forgot about that, but that was for because they kind of gave you that intimation though that that's this is was going to be the source of uh, of the conflict, you know, with the yeah. cross there. I'm like, no, please don't do religious cult. But then when they went inside, I was like, all right, well maybe they're not going to do that. Well, you see people dressed in black, and you see a woman who's dressed in black, kind of mourning and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, we'll see this, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it was a quick like what five seconds Seconds. trailer anyway so it wasn't that big of a deal but no i'm excited for this and and even well not just because skyfall was so good but just because i mean 
it gave you no, not one lick of action, but it made you want to see it immediately. And that's, I think, that's what Bond does. Well, yeah, it's it's a whole mystery concept. You know, we don't really see the whole James Bond mystery aspect for a while, you know, and it's kind of it's what they're building it off as. Now, here's a question I want to, before we uh, go on to our next top, uh, segment, James. I want to ask you this question. Do you think that after this, Say for instance, like how Spectre turns out. Whether they, I don't think they're going to kill Bond off, or maybe no. they will. Will maybe they will kill off Daniel Craig in a sense, or maybe do you think they'll exile him because it's, the secret's too big? Do you think this could be the, the last Daniel Craig James Bond film? Or do you think we'll see Idris Elba take over for James Bond afterwards? Because there's a lot of people that kind of want him to be James Bond. Kind of, you know, he's the big get, yeah. kind of the big rumor. Do you think that they'll do that after Spectre? I think that Daniel Craig's done. After Spectre. I, I do think Idris Elba would be a great choice. I by no means think that's a done deal. But I think it's going to be... I don't think they're going to kill him off. I think it'll be a changing of the guard thing. I think that he's going to he's gonna walk away or he's going to exile himself. I think whatever happens in Spectre... Let's say if it is a family member type situation that we're dealing with. Right. He has a daughter or something like that. I think what he's going to do is say, you know what? It's been too hard to keep this secret and I can never really keep my family safe if I'm still in the agency, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take my ball and I'm gonna go home. Right. Yeah, I can see that definitely happening, dude. I mean, I I I, I, I don't you know, know kind of like when Jason Bourne disappeared. Yeah. At the end then, of Bourne Ultimatum, kind of thing. Right. But then you had the Jeremy Renner thing and it didn't really pan out so well. Well, and now he's coming back anyway. So what different? Yeah. Thing. Yeah, and you actually reviewed a James Bond comic not too long ago, and maybe there'll be more that you'll be able to get at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach. Maybe they'll bridge the gap between Spectre and whatever the next film is going to be. But speaking of next, we've got nerd news coming up next. A lot of big stuff. Cueing Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Plenty more. It's up next on Down and Nerdy. Well, it's that time, nerds. We go around the internet and see what's trending because it's time for what, James? Nerd, Nerd news. news. I got to tell you, this week has literally been, even like from Friday on, has been just nonstop big breaking news, which is funny because during the weekend, it pretty much dies down. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there was a couple things that came out on Saturday, but with everything going on, I mean, first of all, screw April Fool's Day. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the jokes, quote unquote, that were played. I mean, talk yeah. about cheap humor. We don't do that here. I and, hope you guys appreciate that. And, and that's the thing is I want to quickly talk about that real quick. Here at Down Nerdy, I even posted on my personal Facebook. I said, you know, we take this shit seriously. We, you know, April Fools. You hear on like all these other podcasts I listen to and everything else. Everybody hates April Fools' jokes. They're the lamest shit ever. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is the lamest stuff, lamest jokes you can say. And it's just, you know. When you run a media site like we do, or or, your, or do a podcast like we do, you know it's it's it becomes a pain in the ass because you don't know what what's real and what's not. And you can't really right. post anything. I mean, think about it. Would you rather us make some lame April Fool's joke where you know the entire show's in German, or would you rather us talk about Kryptonian AIDS? Well, I think your wife would like if we were talk totally in German. Well, I'd have to have her help me out with that because I only know certain phrases. Yeah, we'll just leave that right there. Yeah, you talk about the happiest thing, you still sound angry. <laughs> but our first story, James, deals with Hugh Jackman. That was like the biggest story that kind of kicked off the weekend. He posted on Instagram that he'll be playing Wolverine, quote, one last time uh, in Wolverine 3. Now, director James Mangold confirmed it as well. Now, here's the thing. As well as our angry fat guy, Cody Green, maybe jumping up and down. We actually, mm-hmm. I actually made a meme about that him and his hatred of Hugh Jackman on May Monday. Jay took over the role of Wolverine from 
Drury Scott, who after Scott was able to film X Men, he's been playing Wolverine since two thousand and it's played him seven times. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing: why do I say Cody should kind of maybe hold off on a jumping up and down? Because I think they're not going to end it with Wolverine three. Now I I think what they're going to do is this: X Men Apocalypse is going to be the last. It's going to be the, the last team up film for Wolverine right. as well right. as the whole X Men franchise. Wolverine three, I think, will be the last time. He's Wolverine. I think that they're going to end it with Old Man Logan. Yeah, I think that that's kind of where they have to end it. And I got to say that I don't think either one of us has shared Cody's uh, hatred for Jackman as Wolverine. I've uh, I've gone on many times to say I think he's done a very good job with it. I think he was a pretty darn good choice, actually. So, I mean, do I think this is the last time we'll see Wolverine? No, but here's my thing. And this is just pure speculation on my part. And that's only because of things that have happened the last couple months. Could this be a signal that maybe possibly we're going to be getting Wolverine in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, much like we got Spider-Man? Because if Wolverine's done in the X-Men films, what are you going to just have him sit there? I doubt it. Uh, Knowing Fox, because remember, Spider-Man and Sony was different, because I think part of Marvel getting Spider-Man actually did play with the Sony getting hacked thing. Um, I think when it comes to Fox... I don't see that. I think that they want as much of the money as possible. Uh, what they're going to do is, I think that they'll, they'll do Old Man Logan if they choose to do that, and then they'll let it sit dormant for X amount of years until it's like that year where they're like, okay, we have to do a Wolverine movie or have to have him in a movie and before we lose the rights kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because, again, while it would be great to see him with the Avengers and everything else and see the X-Men come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe... I don't see that happening, especially with them. But they wouldn't have to bring in the X-Men. They could bring in just Wolverine. But I don't think they would do that, though. I don't think they would. If, if Hugh Jackman, even if they decide not to do well, Old Man Logan. Well, ja- but it wouldn't be Jackman, though. That's, that's the thing. And, and that's the thing, though. Like, why, you know, when you, if you, why would you bring... I can tell you exactly why. So we can finally get friggin' Wolverine in the suit with the mask like he's supposed to have, damn it. I've been waiting for this for almost a decade now. It needs to happen. I don't care how they do it or who they put in the damn suit. Let's get him on there already because you well, know how awesome that would look? Well, if you want to do that, just play the, the Wolverine Origins video game because there's actually a skin you can use where he's actually wearing the old yellow costume. All right, now we're on to something. There you go. Uh, but no, I think that the reason why I say no is because... <sighs> Hugh Jackman, like I say, he's been playing the role for 15 years, pretty much. So my thing is, you gotta wait. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't be oh, like, no, well, I agree. You do have to wait. Yeah. You can't be like, okay, Wolverine's done. Hugh Jackman's done with Wolverine or whatever. We're not doing Old Man Logan. Hey, let's get him put him in the, in the Marvel movies. But it's not going to be Hugh Jackman because you have when it comes to stuff like that, it has to be over for a while. Kind of like with Heath Ledger's Joker and, you know, Jared Leto doing Joker and Suicide Squad. Joker was never used in a live action for a long time since Dark Knight. Since the Dark Knight, and so with Leto coming in now doing Joker and Suicide Squad, it's it's you get that time gap where it's comfortable. Well, I mean, think about this: by the time Infinity War rolls around, right? How long will that have been between Old Man Logan and Infinity War? Right. I think you have to. I think when it comes to Wolverine, because here's the thing too: is Marvel can't. They already pushed back everything because of the whole Spider-Man thing. Right. 
they would have to push back stuff even more if they got the rights to Wolverine because like, well, now we got to throw in, you know, the Infinity Wars and everything else and, and, and we got to push everything more back and then Inhumans doesn't get released until 2022. Then Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, okay, can we make it to our X amount of seasons before we get to the <laughs> Infinity Wars? <laughs> They'd be in like season movie. eight by then. Can you realize that? I know. That's uh, so not I, happening. I don't think they would, I think they would actually wait until Infinity Wars if they were going to bring well, in Wolverine. I mean, we don't know where they're going to go after Infinity War as right. far as the cinematic universe goes. If the cinematic universe would even exist beyond that point, we don't know how things are going to go after 2022. So I'm just saying, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought because you can only let a character like Wolverine lay dormant for so long but i'll tell you what's not laying dormant and that's the transformers universe nick which just got very interesting over the weekend yeah so paramount pictures is in negotiations with kiva goldsman to work with franchise director michael bay executive producer steven spielberg and producer lorenzo d bonaventura to organize a quote writer's room so that means that the transformers are in a writer's room Finally, <laughs> some time. law and order instead of like three, hey, let's blow shit up films. I mean, and that's it's, fine. You got to do that with Transformers, it's, but it's, it's, it, we're finally getting some sort of order here. That slow clap you just did is kind of like that slow clap in every way of comedy where somebody's meeting Optimus Prime at the gate and like puts their hand on his chest. It's like, there's hope. Mm-hmm. I, I love you kind of a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that they've kind of just let... Michael Bay run roughshod with this. And, you know, there's been some hits and a lot of misses, like uh, the lack of a saddle on Grimlock in the last movie. <laughs> well, but, that, um, that and John Turturro being underneath uh, giant Transformers balls and well, making yeah. reference to that. Yeah, and... there's that. But, I mean, think about it. We've actually got some legitimate Oscar award-winning people involved in this now. I mean, yeah. like, this is serious stuff. And now they're talking about possibly a cinematic universe, which everybody's doing now. So why not, you know, make maybe some other films maybe we're gonna get combiner wars at some point that idw just put out you could read that right now fantasy escape comics and cards of virginia beach maybe we'll get, hey maybe we'll even get you know a beast wars movie which i would love to see yeah beast that wars would, movie that would be cool maybe this could spring a GoBots film maybe i mean you could also talk about uh, maybe the dinobots get their own film or I would at love some to point see, i would love to see a battle for cybertron or something like that you know yeah there's just so many ways that they can go with this now and i said it when we uh when we were bashing uh age of extinction uh several months ago on the show what you don't need humans to make Transformers franchise successful. So I want to see, just like everybody wants to see Planet Hulk movie, I want to see a movie that is nothing but Transformers. Make it on their planet or somewhere in outer space. I don't care where it is, but I don't want to see Mark Wahlberg or any other humans in this movie. You know what? You already made, Michael Bay said it a million times, you're going to go see it. So just shut your mouth. So why not? If, If that's your attitude, and I agree, then give me a Transformers movie with no humans in it because if you think it's going to make money anyway, what have you got to lose? Now, here's a, here's the thing of it. Now, Age of Extinction made nearly $1.1 billion. A lot of that was mostly because of China because here's the thing. And this, we're going to see a lot of movie studios do, especially with Transformers. They're not, I, I don't see them doing that. And it says that it may sound as much as we would like them to see. Oh, like, I don't either. Just I'm just saying. Because the thing is, when you film in China and you get that that Chinese market, you get a lot of money from that, man. Yeah. Like a lot. So it's kind of like, 
you know, as much as we love to see like them do like a Cybertron-esque type of a thing, I don't think we might see that. And it may be sad, but again, we don't know what they're doing. Again, they're still in negotiations, and we'll see what the writer's room cranks out. But, you know, I'm hopeful. But because of that whole angle of like the reason why they mostly made the billion, you know, the over a billion dollars was because of the whole Chinese aspect of it. Yeah. That is, is a tough thing to ignore. I think if we can at least get rid of, not altogether, but the sheer volume of forced humor in these movies, yeah, I think we'll be a lot better off. I'm not saying you've got to make them totally adult because you got to draw the kids' audience into yeah. I get that. But so much of the humor has been forced in it the last of, two movies. Well, it kind of shocked me a little bit too because outside really the comics and you know a couple of the few animated movies – there hasn't really been, like, like you know, stuff you can really pull from, I say, when it comes to writing. Like, I mean, I get, after all, this whole thing is based off a toy line. Yeah. So, so it's like... But it's been successful over the years, extremely successful. Oh, I'm not saying that it hasn't, but I'm saying when you come to these live-action films, I'm shocked that they never really said, you know what, we're going to use the comics, or, or we're going to use something, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like they took the whole mindset of, we're not going to have a writer's room because... Like, at the end of the day, this is based off a toy line, so we're just going to run with whatever we can go with. Maybe they're deciding now to, hey, let's go back and look at some source material and see what we can draw from. And even the even the cartoons themselves from back in the day, there's some storylines you might be able to adapt there too. So I think that that's what we're doing here. We're finally deciding, okay, let's calm down. Let's all get in a room together and let's see what we can put together. Because I think even though the movie made a lot of money, I think that they heard, I think the criticism has finally been heard right. at this point. And I think that's what this is a sign of. The criticism has been heard and they're like, why make a billion dollars when we could make three billion? Well, it's kind of like, right. well, it's kind of like one of the names I read was Steven Spielberg. And I'm like, what the hell, Steven? Yeah. It's like, really? Okay. You know, okay, uh, you want to get involved? Let's do this. Well, speaking of getting involved, the next story involves two classic people who played superheroes, James. This is actually, I think, James's big favorite movie news or of the week or nerd news in general of the week because... Adam West! Yes, Adam West and Burt Ward are coming back as Batman and Robin. Yep, you heard it right, and it's going to be in animated form. Damn it! I wish it was gonna be like a live action like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that would be very interesting, wouldn't it? But no, <laughs> it's gonna be an animated series that's gonna be coming out here pretty soon. It's actually in development right now, and no word yet as to whether or not they're gonna get any of the other. Well, I mean, a few of them have passed on since you know since the series. There was a, there was a story yet. Now, mind you, this was posted on April Fool's Day that the woman who played Catwoman. Uh, Which gonna... one? There's like there were like four or five. The one that's still alive. Okay, so Eartha Kit is not alive, correct? I don't think so. So who would that be then? Lee Merriweather? I, I think so. I'm not. I think it was Merriweather. I'm not sure. But they said that she was gonna lend one of them was gonna lend their voice to the animated movie. But of course, there we was, go. But of course, because it was April Fool's Day, we're like ah. Yeah, we did. We didn't want to. Uh, we didn't want to run with that per se, because it could have been anything on April Fool's Day. But the good news is it's going to be a 90-minute animated feature, and this shouldn't surprise us, Nick, because the Batman 66 animated... I mean, the Batman 66 comics have done very well for DC yep. over the years. Oh, yeah, and plus, I mean, from Burt Ward said, he goes, you can look forward to a new animated Batman full-length 90-minute feature. It's going to come out on the 50th anniversary, which is a great thing. You know, it's a 50th anniversary. Very smart. Uh, 
and which is very very smart for the sixty you know sixties TV show. So why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that there's been a demand for this. You know, of course, it took forever mm-hmm. for them to get the uh, actual original series out on Blu-ray and DVD after all the infighting in the courts and stuff. So that came out and did very well. Don't forget that uh, Burt Ward and Adam West also did the voices for the characters in The Legends of the Superheroes and the animated Batman, New Adventures of Batman and the Super Friends as well. So this isn't the first time they've lent their voices to the characters in an animation form. But being able to do this now... And bring it back to the younger generation for, with something new. I think it's going to be really great. Well, what's great about it is, you know, you want to see all these classic guys reprise the roles. But what's the one thing we talked about when we did our Leonard Nimoy episode, even when we talked about Mark Hamill and how he returned to the Flash as Trickster. We love seeing these guys who are so big parts of nerd culture and they know where their bread is buttered. They know, hey, this is where I got my big break. I'm not going to turn away from it. You know how great was Mark Hamill on that episode of the? Flash? Oh my God, that was amazing. I mean, oh, don't you want him to just be the villain in every week now? I mean, I, that that, but now whenever I hear him talk, I just can't think of him like, oh my God, he sounds like the Joker. He did slip into it a few times, but when he when he looked at that kid and said, "I am your father," I lost it. Yeah, I was like, finally, he gets to turn the tables after all these years. Yay! Yes. Yes, now he can introduce the the pain that Darth Vader gave Luke Skywalker uh, back in those days, except for the, the fact that his son actually said, yay, I get to be a bad guy. And but, nobody lost an arm, so there's yeah, that. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you went there, you son of a bitch. Oh, uh, well, you know. But anyways... Our next story, actually our final couple of stories, James, do deal with the TV, DC TV universe. And one of them was a very, very big. Well, they're both very big, but one's more optimistic in a sense. But we'll start with the biggest one, which is Hot Girls coming to television. Yeah, and it's weird because I don't know about anybody else, but when they were talking about this Flash Arrow spinoff, I was kind of skeptical that it was real. I'll be honest. I didn't know if it was real or not, but Sierra Renee who's a graduate of Baldwin-Wallace University, for anybody who's out there that went to that school, has been cast as Hot Girl in the upcoming, yet-to-be-titled, Flash and Arrow spinoff. I'm think, still thinking Justice Society of America, but we'll see where that goes. Right. And, um, I mean, she's a relative unknown. She's done stuff on, like, Law & Order Special Victims Unit and stuff like that. But i got to tell you, this is this is a big one because I've always been a big fan of Hot Girl. Well, yeah. Now, here's the thing. In the series, they said that she's going to be a young woman who's just beginning to learn that she's been pretty much repeatedly reincarnated over the centuries. And when she gets upset and provoked, uh, kind of like the Hulk in a sense, her warrior persona manifests itself, and then she has these wings that will grow out of her back, earning her the moniker of Hawk Girl. So, I mean, it's very, like I said, when you brought up the whole thing of, you know, I wasn't sure if this was happening with the whole Justice Society of America, which what they seem to might be going towards, you know, with Adam, and they got, you know, uh, Cold in there, and Heat Rip Hunter. We've got Rip Hunter in there as well that was that was cast uh, this week. Arthur Darville mm-hmm. will be playing him from Doctor Who. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I do, I do think that that's the av- I, avenue that they could be going with. I, I think it, but here's the thing, though. If you think about it, Marvel and DC, it's not, I'm not going to say they're cop- one's copying the other, but I think that from a certain route, they're going a certain the same way. You got Marvel's Defenders, which are going to be hitting Netflix, you know, after Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Daredevil comes out this month, and then you get this whole maybe Justice Society of America on CW in a sense. 
Well, I mean, well, I'm not sure that they're going to be defending the same city, though. Whereas, in, well, with no, the defenders, I, it's I, going to be I'm, Hell's Kitchen. But. but what I'm saying, no, but what I'm saying is, it's from a certain standpoint where they're taking certain smaller heroes and putting them together. Oh yeah, no doubt for their own show. And no, he's not saying that Daredevil's a small hero. So no. don't even try and jump on that and think that that's what he was saying because he's no. Not. But no, I understand what you're saying, and I think it's, and I think that Marvel and DC have both realized this, and I do agree that to an extent that's what they're doing because I think what they would love to do, they would have loved to have given the Atom his own show, they would have loved to have given Firestorm his own show, or right. even Hot Girl, but they know that these characters are not going to be able to carry a show on their own, so why not just put them all together into and one I, show? And I'm sorry, I love, like honestly, you have these these you know these people say, well, this is the role this person was born to play, Brandon Routh was born to play Ray Palmer. He really was. We finally found a niche for Brandon Routh. I mean, the whole Superman thing just didn't work out for him. I think he's been running from that ever since, in a, in a sense, but especially on this week's episode of Arrow, where he was fantastic. Well, the it, thing is, with, with Ray Palmer, is that... You look back at... I don't know if you've seen Scott Pilgrim, the movie, but I, I, I have, and I've seen it, of course, watched it many times. He, The guy he plays in that movie is similar to how he plays Ray Palmer, where he's that smartass. And that's, I think, Brandon Routh in sort of real life, in a sense, where he's kind of likes being that smartass, kind of oh, yeah. funny comment guy. So Superman Clark Kent, being a serious and stern guy, didn't really work out for him. He needs to be that Ray Palmer that's like, I'm taking over Queen Consolidation, turning into you know Palmer Industries or whatever, and it's going to be this, and I'm making a suit, and here's why. you know, and, and it was great. like It really, really was great you know, to see how they're going with this whole DC TV thing, how they're bringing these smaller... Uh, tier two or tier three characters into the light. Yeah, I think that that's something that needs to be done. I mean, I think Marvel's done a pretty good job with that, with the cinematic universe, as they're slowly start starting to bring more characters in. I think that DC is still going to focus on their TV, even if the even if the movies do well. And we could see two different versions of these of these characters in the movies, depending on how they do. And I actually think that that's a cool thing, and that's one thing that Marvel's not doing that I kind of wish they would have done. Yeah, and something that we wish that NBC would do is keep Constantine around for a second season. Yes, because we are talking about uh, D-Day, as you could call it, for Constantine, is going to be at the end of April, according to uh, Dan Cerrone, the show's executive producer. Is he the executive producer or the showrunner? He's the showrunner. Okay, the showrunner for Constantine tweeted out, said that the big meeting, that they're going to pitch season two at the end of April, and then NBC will make the final say as to whether or not there's going to be a season two. So, where's your optimism level right now for Constantine I think because here's what I think just because of the fact that they have to pitch something is not a good sign no that's not going to bear well for me when, whenever somebody says a showrunner or everybody else says we have to pitch this idea I understand it's how a lot, all the shows get made but when you have something that's already gotten 13 episodes you know half a season or whatever and then it's like season 2 should be automatic but the fact you have to pitch season 2 says a lot and it says a lot in a bad way. Now, they can be going some awesome routes. And we both love Constantine. I think, however... Now, mind you, he did use the hashtag Hellblazers. I think it's going to get moved to sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, they kind of balked at that earlier on, saying that it's not happening and everybody's pretending that it's not happening. I think that's because it's kind of fresh right now. And right. they don't want to piss anybody off. I don't see a problem moving it to sci-fi. Think about it. You've got Krypton coming to sci-fi. What if you could also have Constantine over there and now suddenly sci-fi becomes this kind of pseudo superhero 
type channel and we kind of slowly ease that in. I don't see a problem with it moving and, to sci-fi. It doesn't have to be on NBC. And here's the thing it. too. NBC, I think, needs Constantine as much as Constantine needs NBC. And here's why. They want to do a Justice League Dark movie. Now, the studios came out and said, hey, we're going to move ahead with this, whether Guillermo del Toro is a part of it or not. Right. So you need a show, whether it's connected or not, to kind of get people excited and ready for Justice League Dark whenever that yes. comes out. You need people to be familiar with the character, and since most people aren't going to go back and read the source material like they probably should, at least give them something to be familiar with these characters. And I think that that is a good way to keep... Plus, anything to keep Matt Ryan in the trench coat, I'm all for it. Let's just keep him in there. But I agree that not a good sign that they have to pitch a season two, but it is a good sign that they're waiting as long as they are. And the fact that they did move the time slot to kind of give the show a chance and it did succeed in the ratings after they moved the time slot as well. So, I mean, I think the fact that they haven't canceled it yet and they're at Mm. least saying, okay, we, it's almost like they want the show to stick around. They want to save it, but they don't want to just renew it if they don't know where it's going. Right. And I think that, and I'll, you know, go away from playing devil's advocate in a sense. Uh, I think that by postponing it to this much, you know, for a decision to this much time allows the writers and the showrunners and everybody else involved, all producers, even the cast in a sense, to say, okay, where can we go with this? How can we go with season two? Right. How can we do it? You're giving them more time to prep. It's like, you know, to use a sports analogy, it's like you're prepping for the NFL scouting combine right, in the exactly. draft. You know, either you'd perform well in the in the uh, pitch room or you don't get drafted at all and you become, you know, Flipping burgers, McDonald's, in a sense. Plus, do you get to gauge fan interest over the course of time to see if people really do want this? And that's why we're trying to resurrect the hashtag Save Constantine movement on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash down and nerdy, and at down and nerdy 757 on Twitter. So make sure you're hashtagging that or retweet any of the tweets or share the posts that we have for Save Constantine because we want the studio to know that this is still real. We need to keep this thing trending because that kind of stuff does make a difference in today's day and age. Exactly, and that's going to do it for Nerd News this week. Coming up next is our main topic, which is pretty much random nerd stuff. Anything goes, any discussion goes, pretty much everything goes, and it's, it's just no holds barred, just like old school WWE style. Stay tuned, more Down Nerdy come up next. Well, you know, tangents tend to happen here on the Down and Nerdy podcast, and sometimes stuff that goes on off the air you don't get to hear, so Nick and I thought... Why not just do an entire episode of random nerd stuff? We just kind of go and have free-flowing discussion. Now, this is going to be volume one, because I got a feeling this isn't going to be the last one of these. <laughs> yes, and I think we should start off by you professing your love for Captain Planet, which you've done off-air many times. No, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. If, if, if anything, I litter more. You can't keep a closet forever, James. Well, I don't even have doors on my closets in my house, so I don't think I could hide anything in any... (laughs) That's a story for another day, let me tell you, but there's no secrets here. Uh But, uh, no, we we talk a lot about random questions when we're off the air, and and we just thought that we would bring those to light, so I think we should just get started. So I'm going to ask you, if you were a supervillain, would you want to be part of one of the big teams like the Sinister Six, or would you rather stay on your own? Um, I would like... I would actually team up with somebody and here's why because it's less i have to worry about and it's and even though you would have i would have this whole thing of somebody wants to have that dominance in the group they want to be the head of the person of the group um i think that as we see on flash for most of the time you know with with captain cold and heat wave 
you know, they work well inside of a team kind of thing. You know, that's kind of what we're seeing more in, in movies. So I think that overall in comics, I would like to have somebody, you know, knowing going into a battle against a good guy or trying to take over something, knowing that I got a couple people, you know, who have my back and will well, help me out. That's true, but I would be worried constantly because you're talking about villains here. Everybody's always going to be out for themselves at the end of the day. So I'd be waiting for somebody to stab me in the back. Well, that's the thing, though. I would kill them first before they ever got a chance. Well, hopefully you would kill them first, but you never know with who you've got yourself involved with. They're going to get you first. I mean, and there's always the one idiot in the group that screws it up for everybody. Everybody's yeah. got their idiot that does something really stupid, and then everybody goes to jail. Now, and it's the old adage, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Now, that hasn't yeah. always worked out, but it doesn't work out for villains usually anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah, I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't know. Like, what... Like, like, you know, again, look at like something like maybe Suicide Squad or something like that, you know, or or whoever. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it how. Maybe it was a controlled environment. I mean, I guess I'd consider it. I mean, yeah. if, it a, if it was a maybe as a last resort, I yeah. would do it. But I mean, for for my purposes, if I was a supervillain, I think I'd have to go at go at solo. May, maybe have minions, but not. Not like a super villain team up type deal. You would have more like you'd be like Willy Wonka, just have like your little Oompa Loompas with machine right. guns. Just, just send them out there, and then if if you can get by the dozens and dozens of those, which they usually do, you know, we'll battle it out at the end. You know, yeah, send out Oompa Loompas, diabetes for everybody. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> the world will know that you know have high blood sugar. And yeah, think about swimming in the chocolate lake. That's you know, that's not sanitary. I'm not eating that now. Well, I mean. You know, I mean, you stick your face you're in there. Me, you're telling me if the wife said, James, let's go skinny dipping in the chocolate river, you wouldn't do it? And get, I mean, think about it. You're getting ass in your chocolate. <laughs> I mean, is that really what you want? I mean, I mean, even if you but showered you like three times, do you really you want had... to? You're, you're dr- you'd be drinking tea bagged chocolate. But Think about that for a second. But you would have that, that truffle butter chocolate kind of so thing. So you want some tea in your chocolate. Yeah. Now and now a new ass flavor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you have triple filters though, man. Would you, you know? put would you stick a straw in a swimming pool? <laughs> well, I mean I'm thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not pouring Kool-Aid mix in the swimming pool and saying, hey, let's have a Kool-Aid party. <laughs> Nobody breaks out the spoons after a round of Jell-O wrestling. I can tell you that right now. Oh, well, Bill Cosby puts out something before he's Jell-O Oh, man. Yes. Yes, I went there. Fuck it. <laughs> hey, to everybody who hates that joke, fuck you. <laughs> I don't hate it. I was just like, oh, yeah, he went there. Yeah. Well, I mean, how can I not? You know? Oh, that's true. That's what we do here. You know, but I mean, yeah, so you got to go alone. Okay, now here's the thing. If you had to be, you know, if you had, I don't say power, but you had to live the life and have all the de- all the bad things that come with it of a universal monster, who would it be? So, for example, if you said, I want to be a vampire, you're not the sparkly vegetarian vampires of Twilight, you're the Dracula who can't go out in sunlight, you're not the blade vampires, you're just... You have to you have to live on blood. If you're the wolf man, you get hair everywhere, and you, full moon comes out, you lose all human instincts. You're full on animal, so you, you attack anybody and anything, you know stuff like that. Mummy, you have to worry about running out of toilet paper, um, you know, or stepping on yourself, you know, and tripping over and unraveling your entire body. So who would you go with? I gotta say, there's something to be said 
for being Dracula, and I think that's one I have to go with, even though I'd have to live on blood. And I'm not I'm not crazy about going outside during the day because mm-hmm. I work nights anyway, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me with with it with it being constantly dark. And you know, I I burn easily anyway, so I mean, I'm halfway there already. I think uh, I think the teeth would be hard to manage. I I'd have to brush more, so that would be a little <laughs> bit of a pain in the ass. But other than that, I could I could see being Dracula, turn into a bat, cruise around the forest, whatever. Yeah, let's do that. What? Forests are there in Virginia Beach? There's no fucking forest. There's Pongo. That's way the fuck out in like the. I'm bonies. a fucking bat. I can just fly out there. What do I got to do? I'm Dracula. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Like, you can't have like any light whatsoever. So you go like you can't even go to like to a McDonald's drive-through, dude. They're open late. But you're, you're, you get the light beating into your car. You can't go in. You know what I'm saying? I'll slip through one of the vents and grab a double cheeseburger. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you really will. Well, uh, what I- would you go with? Well, I'm already a hairy son of a bitch, so I mean, Wolfman's kind of there, but I'd go. God, I would go Frankenstein, but I want to be able to say words and be smart. Not to mention the bolts would get rusty. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't go swimming and you're just no, walking no. lightning pole, even though I do have two screws in my left knee still. And your wife hates you pretty much. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> but ah, I would have to go. I don't want to go vampire. I would like to. I would actually. I'm gonna go outside the box. Here. I'm gonna go creature of the black lagoon. Okay, so you want to swim? That's cool. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have build my own little swamp metropolis. You can have your little, you know, amphibious friends. Hell and, yeah. You know, when nobody's looking, you break out in in the song Disney style. Yeah, I could see that. Hell yeah. Maybe 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 I'll start in that chocolate river. Might want to f- find a cleaner environment. I mean, you know, the swamp's not the, not the best. But uh, and you know, while you're down there, let me know why the lagoon is black. I've always wondered that. Yes, yes. I, I, mean, I, 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 mean, I think. I think. Oh, your little... enemy would be Captain Planet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Finally, you could go take out that Captain Planet. I, I think the reason why it's the Black Lagoon is because it's just it's a resemblance of my soul. Oh, that's darker than the Bill Cosby joke. Yeah. <laughs> and we have another bowl of feelings. Copyright yeah. down and nerdy boilerplate boilerplate. No, I just did it because it was there. <laughs> well, that's that makes sense too. So here's one. All right. What's a bigger dick move? Robin Hood robbing from the rich to give to the poor and then he doesn't, or Doc Brown not helping Marty after he fucks up the timeline and back to the future too? Uh, Robin Hood, definitely. <laughs> like, you're, you're like, you know, definitely Robin Hood, because it's like, I'm going to steal from the rich to give to the poor. It's like, oh, you're a politician. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. But think about that. Think about it in Back to the Future, too. They go back to 1985. They have no idea what's happened. Right. He finds his father's grave, and Doc Brown shows up, just like he does in the movie, and instead of saying, I'm afraid I know what happened, what's happened, Marty, all of it, he just looks at him and says, Marty, you've done this to yourself. I'm going to take Einstein, I'm going to take my money, and I'm out of here. Peace, bitches. And he just leaves him there. With no way to fix it. That's a pretty dick move right there. It would have been more of a dick move if he left him in 1985 with the Back to the Future video game. Oh, yeah, that would be bad. Just with that, like, Marty, here's, here's what, you know, I'm leaving you in 1985. Here, you know. Maybe, maybe that alternate universe was what created the Back to the Future game. Yeah, let's, let's go back in time and pretend that that game never happened. Yeah, oh the, my the god. The first one, anyway. Jeez, that was, that was. But I mean, good. Robin Hood is just like. It says, like, you're like, oh, I'm, you know, doing good, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor who need it more than they do and stuff like that. But you don't. 
And then well, he keeps it. <laughs> you, you keep it. It's like, You're you know what? Prick. There's a lot of money here. What if I just kept some for myself? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, wow. So I, I, I really, really don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough one either way. That's why I asked. Yeah, I know. So if you, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. So, okay. So if you had to, or let's do this. Instead of saying, asking if you had to do it, if you, okay. I want to say like, I want my question was going to be, if you could reboot, if you had to be the director and reboot, uh, any comic book movie or series, what would it be? But instead, I'm going to put you, we're going to put each other in charge of having to reboot a certain property. Okay. With you, with you, of course, it has to be DC. I would have you reboot, or even, you know what, even, let's not just go reboot because there's, there's only so many heroes. Let's go like reboot and also maybe who you would have direct. I would have you direct. Uh, I would have you do a, uh, a Harley Quinn movie. I think that's, I a, that's a good choice. That's well, a very well, good choice. Well, well, I know it's like, you know, say like, well, what's the worst video game out there? E.T. is the worst video game. It's easy, but it's like, it's something that you would know and something I would feel comfortable giving you, you know? Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's, it's a whole knowing the character and being comfortable with the character and, know, and knowing a lot about it. So, yeah, I think that I would do very good with a, with a Harley Quinn show or a movie. Yeah, I could make that work. Okay, so what would you have me direct? Uh, you know what? Based on that amazing Spawn piece that you had done by yeah. Drew Moss that, let's, talk, let's talk about that real quick. Drew Moss, you're my goddamn hero. I mean, I, I think I posted on his page, I said, you, sir, are a fantastically talented human being. And I said, wait, you are a human being, aren't you? Yeah. Because, and, wow. Let's put it this way. I emailed that, that he finished it last night, actually. He's a, we're actually going to meet up next week and have coffee and just, you know, ha- he'll, he'll give it to me then. Um, but when I, my mom, who, you know... I told him, like, yeah, I had my friend who's a professional comic book artist, you know, draw a Spawn piece for me. She said, who? You know, she doesn't know who Spawn is. But when I sent my mom that fully finished Spawn piece and her reaction is and literally in all caps via email, oh, my God, it's so over top amazing. He did a phenomenal job, everything else. And it's like even when you have your mom who doesn't know who Spawn is go ape shit over that, like – that's awesome. I also actually just I actually just commissioned Matt Slay to do a shredder piece for me today. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. But I think that's what I would have you do. I'd have you do Spawn because who asks for a Spawn commission? Obviously, yeah. that's a character you're very passionate about and that's certainly a character that is begging for somebody to do something with him. Yeah. So I think if I put it in your hands, it would be done justice the first time. And let me go off and say this. The Spawn movie that came out years ago, I actually like that movie. It's a guilty pleasure of mine it's in the discount bin at walmart by the way just in case you know i was pissed you know, i was actually pissed because um you know i bought the mortal Kombat blu-rays uh-huh. so i go to walmart the other day and i look at the, the Mortal Kombat blu-rays and they have a four pack which has the three movies and spawn no yeah oh you got screwed yeah I was oh pissed. man i hate it but you know what though i would actually rather go out and buy like the blu-ray version of like the director's cut because i i hear that's a lot better version and stuff like that yeah that's actually the one that they had in the discount bin by itself so yeah uh seven eight bucks yeah go grab it but i mean when it comes to spawn like i i wanted the spawn piece because if you look at my nerd wall it's got like a bunch like marvel guys i got a couple star wars thing i got a bunch of dc stuff and i have a godzilla poster 
I want to be like, okay, I want some people I never really thought of, you know, or or, or from shows or series that I don't have. So, like, Spawn would be one. And I saw, you know, knowing Drew's work with The Crow and how he does a lot of dark, you know, can draw certain darker figures. I'm like, Spawn would be great. I'm like, hey, Drew, you know, if you do a Spawn full body piece for me. And actually, um, I posted it on the uh, Facebook page as well for people to see as well. Yeah, you definitely did. And... You know, that's the thing. So like, I'm excited about the, the Spawn piece. I can't wait to actually frame it, hold it up. And I know you and Cody are going to be doing something for my nerd wall. I got Matt's going to do something. I got to talk to Mark Deering uh, after Matt does his shredder piece work. I want him to do a penguin for me. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mulling right now what I want everybody to do for me. But when, when I figure it out, I'll let you guys know. But here's something. Speaking of comics, right. you just, just you get in the mood for reading a back issue that's on your on your shelf. Okay. What's the first book you're going to grab? What's the first comic Ooh. you're going to grab to read for a back issue on your shelf? Not some, not like any comic ever okay. on your shelf right now. On my shelf right now, oh, man, I would have to. Because so, the thing is, like, it's easy for people to say, I'm going to go at a number one, look at a number one. Right. I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go Deadpool issue number 27, which is the wedding of Deadpool. Nice. Nice. Because, That's a good choice. Well, because it was a big book. Like, it, was, it was literally a thick comic and you didn't know who he was marrying mm-hmm. or how he got to marry her or how he met her and everything else and you, you know the first few pages of him just like telling everybody to come to the wedding everybody's just refusing and like Wolverine's like god damn it Wade I'm not going to your fucking wedding kind of thing <laughs> yeah that, that that's a, would that be a good starting off point for anybody who's like never read Deadpool would you be lost no because gonna... no because you know I mean you wouldn't know the origin story you know and how he got the name Deadpool but um uh, It'd be a good starting off point, you know, for people to start because it's starting off a new, fresh run where he's married. So, I mean, you know, it'd be a good way to start, I would say, in terms of that. But if you want to go with Deadpool, like I said, you got to start at the beginning and see where, you know, how he becomes, you know, where he gets the cancer and he becomes, you know, full on Weapon X kind of thing. And speaking of Deadpool, like, what did you think of that whole Ryan Reynolds thing yesterday? I thought it was hilarious. When he said, fuck you, Slater, yeah. in the video, I was like, yeah, th- this is going to be good. I'm not going to lie. Because here's the thing. And here's, as much as we bash April Fool's, here's kind of what the, the great part of it, in the sense of one, the one gold nugget of it was. I thought it was fake. I'm like, okay, because I saw how he was battling with – uh, with you know Fox over the right, you know what should be rated right. R PG thirteen right. and and you know and I you know I read Ryan Reynolds on Twitter and it was just like you know he's saying like you know douches over there want to make it PG thirteen and he just like he was joking up making some joke tweets of like you know PG thirteen Deadpool if we have to have you know make the blood green and everything else and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and literally I I literally when I, when he when they people started posting that when he did that whole thing uh, with Mario Lopez. Uh, you know, as a fake extra bit in a sense, I was kind of like, okay, like I, at first my, I was like, okay, cool, this is a good April Fool's prank. And again, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh shit, production is going to be halted on it again because yeah. they can't decide on the rating. Yeah, that would have sucked. Well, luckily that doesn't look like that's going to happen. But I and like by the way, you can probably pick that up at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards Virginia Beach. By the way, oh, you can. And by the way, I like how they had Mario Lopez pay, play the whole maybe the Fox role of like we should be PG thirteen, be family yeah. friendly. Yeah, and that re- was funny. And this is like this is how you know somebody actually read the comics, actually a big fan before they even signed on to the role. Mm. 
so I know Ryan Reynolds is a big Deadpool guy because he's like, oh, Deadpool. He made, you know, Mario Lopez is like, oh, Deadpool. You know, he uh, he was in X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? And Ryan Reynolds was like, yeah, but that's, yeah. He, <laughs> that's he's, not what he we're was. going with. That's not what we're going with, though. <laughs> and then, you know, and Mario Lopez is like, well, he should be more friendly, family friendly. And, and Ryan was like, uh, he's he's not family, somebody you would make family friendly. I yeah. wouldn't really classify the him as family friendly. The faces that he was making when he was telling, when he was saying that stuff, that they were priceless. Yeah, that was great. And then, you, again, you had the, the CGI Deadpool crunch come in and hit Mario Lopez over the head with what looked like a TV or something that said, fuck you, Slater. Yeah. And it's like, and he breaks the fourth wall of like, it's okay, Slater can't hurt you now. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, uh, so I, th- I think that that's, I'm so glad that they're going that route. As far yeah. as what book I would grab, I think I'd have to go with Batman 33, the finale of Zero Year. Uh, arc because it was such a good arc and the way that they the Riddler was written and the way the whole thing played out was just so fantastic and that was just the whole issue from start to finish was just non freaking stop so I was just I remember how excited I was to read it and I would go back and read it again in a heartbeat so if I just decided I had time to read a back issue that's the one I'd grab yeah I mean that's the thing it's like we go to back issues and stuff like that it's just you know, you want something that, that could be a good start-off point? Because the thing is, like, you know, when we were done, like, what we're reading and stuff, it's just, you know, stuff of, I read, like, it was, like, Gen 13, which was, like, a mid-comic run, and, yeah. you know, did Captain Marvel, which, again, was a mid-run in the Infinity arc and everything else. I'm like, you know, it, was, it, it read like it was something it was in the middle. It was, like, a filler, you know, in the middle kind of right. thing. You know, but with, with when you want to start something new, it's just, like, or go back to a back issue. It's just, like, you want something that's just a good off, starting off point. And again, it doesn't always have to be a exactly. number one. Exactly. It wants to be something that, you know, you could start off where, okay, this is where we're starting off. Like, I guess, you know, like Wonder Woman, for example, the new Wonder Woman run that I'm reading. I actually got to read. I picked up the newest issue the other day. Um, I actually got to read that today. And, you know, the, the, the Finch run I didn't start off at issue number one, but I, where I picked off, right where they start, perfect. Perfect. Okay, here's the thing. So, you know, you know how we have this, what's called trash TV? We have, like, Jerry Springer and Maury and yep. stuff like that. Okay, if you're on episode of either Maury or Jerry Springer, what would the show title be called and why would you be there? Oh, my gosh. that That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I wouldn't be the father of anybody, so I guess <laughs> that probably wasn't, uh, that probably wouldn't be it. Hmm. Joe Quesada is like your long-lost brother. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> you are the brother. No! <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, I, I know it would be. Oh. Uh, it would be. It would be on Springer, and it would be, uh, my husband is in love with Stephen Amell. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that you'd, you'd, you'd walk you'd literally would like walk in wearing one of those fuck cancer t-shirts and everything exactly else. and i'd be like i love you sincerely uh, <laughs> like every single yeah like every single now, one i will point out that it is in a very non-sexual way no, you can have man. We can have man crushes. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's man love there. I mean, the guy's awesome. I'm sorry, it's not just because he's the flag waver for DC right now, but it's just he's just he's a very cool guy, and he just says exactly what he wants. He does good stuff for charity. He seems like he's a really good dad. I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's an unnatural obsession, but that's what the show would be called. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so what would your episode be called? Would you be on the on, on the doctors trying to uh, trying to get your arm to come back, or what? What's the deal? <laughs> no, I would be on uh, 
I would probably maybe be on. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the proper show. I know what it would be. But I'm just thinking of the proper show because it wouldn't be anything like tragic or anything like that. I would have to go on Maury, and the show title would be you know one of those phobia shows, and my phobia would be. <laughs> Watching a movie where every, where a person loses their right arm in some walk, way for a fashion. You walk out on stage and Empire Strikes Back is playing, yes. <laughs> and, you, and you do the classic, you do the classic Mori, you do the classic Mori run through the back portions of the studio where they keep like the ladders and shit. <laughs> yes, except I haven't slept with like twenty people. Oh, uh, I figured it would be something like. Uh, are you, is is he my cosplay daddy or something like that? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to picture my dad in cosplay. Like, who would my da- my dad? What would my you see my dad? What would my dad look like as a cosplay? Like, who could he pull off? Oh gosh, I, I think maybe know. because he has like the goatee, like the mustache. So I think he could be like Lobo the After Years. See, I was thinking like Kingpin would be a good one for him, but this but the sunglasses because he typically has the glasses or sunglasses. He has the sunglasses on, so maybe not. He could probably be, he'd be like Lobo if he retired kind of thing, you know? Nice, yes. Because <laughs> well, he rides the motorcycle. He's a big, he's a biker. My dad's a biker. So it's like, you know. Yeah, it, and, it, and he's not tall enough to be Ghost Rider, dude. Sorry, so that's that's not happening. No, I'm actually tall on both my parents. It's actually kind of shocking. That is kind of shocking. Way to way to break the mold. <laughs> yeah, my mom's like 5'3". I mean, you met both my oh, parents. Oh, yeah, your mom my, is short. My mom is like five foot. One or something like that. My dad's like five five. I'm five seven. So, well, I mean, only by you only broke about a couple of inches, but still, you know, you, still, break, you break the mold there. That's pretty damn good. It's, it's progress. So yeah. So okay. So last question goes to you, James. What what is it? What what what's your nerdy topic of a question that, to end out the show? Okay, because I and I've been thinking about this. So if you could go and play any game uh-huh. in a virtual reality setting, first person, uh-huh. what would it be? Twister, because I had both my hands. <laughs> there was a Twister video game. Oh, I thought you meant like there's any game you can make. No, 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 no. It has to has to be a video game. Oh, it can't be can't oh. be can't be like a board game. Oh, okay. Um, shit. Quickly to go back to your uh, before I, well, I think of this. Quickly to go back to your the whole Maury thing and whole Jerry Springer thing. I'm shocked you wouldn't be like, you know, your conflict with loving Captain Planet or something like that, or like you know, you have like a stalker and it's Captain Planet or something. That that would be that would be terrifying. <laughs> I'd need Doctor Phil for that. Yes, your okay, obsession so, with Doctor, your obsession with Captain Planet is taking over your life. <laughs> no, no, James, I'm not saying that you're not a bad person, but you're all. You know, you're only a bad nerd when you're drunk. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> All right, so back to virtual okay. reality. Totally virtual- sober. Which one would it be? Oh, God. It'd be any game. I mean, Mario would be cool, but be scary at the same time. Um, <laughs> that, that gap looks really far, and I'm not yeah. sure this leaf is going to help me. And then, why is this mushroom? Why am I seeing colors after see, taking this mushroom? I'm supposed to go get bigger. Why am I like seeing? Why am I like hearing sounds and tasting colors? I don't when know. did I turn orange? Yeah. <laughs> well, wh- when the f- James? Why am I a fucking Oompa Loompa in your your <laughs> sex chocolate pool of lust? Well, this was your pool. No. You're the one that wants the tea bagged chocolate. <laughs> <not me. laughs> <laughs> oh god um yeah of all the games i mean i'm trying to think literally i'm literally trying to think of like something that would be fun you know where i wouldn't have to really worry about death for the you most can't part cop, you can't cop out and go sports game either oh no i wouldn't go sports game you know, it would be cool but um i mean mario would be fun you know what fuck it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go legend of zelda 
That's cool. See, because you get the nice scenery and everything. Hell yeah. Yeah, why not? I Do get a little the, high I, rule I, action. I get the elf ears and the pointy hat. It'd be fucking awesome. And you endless supply of utilities and bombs and everything else. Yeah, that's a, but you have to drink a lot of potions, though, so just keep that in mind. Trust me, if you knew me in high in college, I drank a lot of potions. So, but you never see Link take a leak. No. Not once. No. And then you, and you start taking a piss and the flute starts playing out of nowhere. <laughs> like, and like, oh, it whistles. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's a stunning visual right there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think it would be scary, but I'd, I'd have to go with Mario to, just because... I mean, maybe I mean they maybe that's too simple of an answer, but they would just right. be too. It would just be too cool. I could, I couldn't not do it. I'm shocked you didn't go like Double Dragon or Battletoads. Well, Battletoads would be terrifying. I'm 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 sitting there be teaming up with giant amphibians, and Double Dragon, all that gang activity. You know, I'm not down for that. This isn't this isn't Detroit. Yeah. Okay. So I gotta ask you this question. You can ask one after me. Um, okay. I just saw this actually. So you had to be. It's kind of similar to your virtual reality. If you had to be in an animated show, like you were fully animated, 2D, 3D, whatever, what universe did you have to be in? You had to live in that universe for a year. Ah, oh, let's see. Mind you, now, mind you, you didn't go missing. So it's not like your wife is fe- freaking out. Why isn't my husband here? Did he run away with Stephen Amell? Kind of thing, you know. She's like, honey, I'm going. I'm going away. I'm going to this 2D or 3D universe, part of the show for X amount of time. I'll be back in like, you know, a year. Uh, I'm gonna go with with your thing and and pick something that's not gonna put me in any kind of major peril yeah. in any way. I mean, I wouldn't want to be scared to death for a year. I yeah. don't think that would be fun. Mm-mm. Um, gosh, let me think. I think I might have to go with Inspector Gadget. You know, I kind of feel you're going to go that route. I would go Inspector Gadget because, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, he's going to screw something up. The girl will take care of it. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Since you said Inspector Gadget, if you had to have one Inspector Gadget, gadget, you know, what would you have? I've always wanted the helicopter hat. Really? I mean, even though I'm afraid of heights, yeah, I've, I'd figure it out. And I wouldn't have to go that high. But it would still get me around, you know. I wouldn't have to go way up there. I've all even when I was a kid, that was the one that I wanted to have. Really? That was I don't know why. Maybe maybe it was the whole you know I can fly thing. I don't know, but I, that's the one I always wanted to have. Yeah, the copter hat wouldn't work well for me because I couldn't. I could only grab like the, the one joystick, so I'd be going around in circles and smashing in the buildings. That would be a huge problem. It would be a big big problem. <laughs> I mean, maybe I probably go rocket skates. Yeah, rocket skates would be a cool one too. I would crash. I'd crash into stuff, though. Yeah, that would be me crashing into stuff. I'm not a good skater. Ice skater, figure skater. Oh, see, with me, with me, you give me on a pair of skates. I, I, I I come from a hockey family. Great, I never played the sport, but it's just a bloodline thing. My mom's even said that. She's like, it's just a bloodline thing. I put, I, I'll skate maybe once or twice a year. Go ice skating, but as soon as I get those skates on, I'm like fucking Gretzky. So you're a natural. Yeah. That that's great. That's, yeah. Well, now I need lessons. Yes, I'm not gonna give you lessons though. I'm sorry. That that's probably for the best. Yeah, Unitards, maybe. that would be bad. That would be that would be bad. Maybe, however, Chris Farley did pull off a unitard though. That is true, and I am no Chris Farley, so maybe I could pull it off. Yes, but uh, yeah. So I mean, with me, I would got oh automatically magic school bus. Yeah, there you go. Hell yeah! Spend the whole year in Miss Frizzle's class. Fuck yeah! I don't know. Schoolhouse Rock could be interesting. 
Nah, because you have talking bills and everything else. It just freaked the shit out of you. It's just depressing once you think about it. <laughs> I have to spend too many time on Capitol Hill. That wouldn't be good. Yeah. All right, so let's do one more. Uh, all right, so you're in a battle-type situation. I don't care if it's zombies or whatever. They're handing weapons out. You get the last one, and it's the shittiest weapon of the bunch. What is it? <laughs> oh, God. Um, it would be... Uh, it would have to be... I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm, I'm just really trying to think of weapons, like something that I can maybe not hold or something that you know only works if you have to use it a certain way. Um, uh, I would have to go with... Hmm... Shittiest weapon. Now it, it works, right? Like it's not like. Oh, it, yeah, it works. It's just not. It's just. It's just one of things you got to use it like a thousand times. This is the last thing in the pile. Oh God. Um. I would have to go with. Can you go first? Because I can't. I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, uh, I would say that you know if there was one weapon left and you get handed it to you, I would say uh, metal coat hanger. <laughs> last one in the pile this is what you have bend it to what you want it to be use it however you can but this is all we've got left so good luck kid yeah i would probably have to go maybe boomerang because i because it's one of those like boomerang something i can throw but it never goes back it's like playing catch with myself <laughs> plus you can really only catch it with one arm yeah so, I mean if you're if one of your arms is occupied you throw the boomerang it starts coming back and you when your other arm is busy you just basically have to watch it whiz on by oh no no you know what it'd be you know what my worst weapon would be the Wemo with a nunchuck attached to it oh yeah there it goes because I can't play the fucking Wii because obviously I have one hand and Nintendo fuck you for making a console that was made only for people with two hands you fucking assholes yeah way to go Nintendo that's so that's what pass the feasibility stage. Did that's it? what it, my, the worst, not the boomerang. It would be the the worst weapon would be the Wiimote with the nunchuck attached to it. <laughs> because the oh. thing is, like, I can't, people are saying, like, why could you just use that as like a whip? Because it has the plug at the bottom, so you can't like whip it because it'll just unplug. It'll fly across the room. So yeah, it's like I can't. What am I supposed to do with it? I can't. I can maybe use it. I can maybe use it like Hitman and strangle people with it. But I mean. Go you to you. Go to YouTube, people. There's plenty of videos of that nunchuck flying in the air. Yeah. Oh my God. That's one reason why I'm so glad I couldn't get a Wii because I just saw all those videos of people playing like Madden or something like that. They throw a TV and it goes right through like their 60 inch te- you know plasma that's cost them thousands of dollars. You know. You know. You know. If you can't get a Wii, there's a prescription for that. <sighs> just saying. Look into it. Can't we just end this on a high note? Like, like, can we ever just end the show? <laughs> How on is a that high not note? a high note? You know why? I mean, it's all about yourself and your fucking puns, and you're like, "Look at me, I'm gonna be funny and try to make some puns, and I'm gonna piss off Nick and uh, fuck you." What show would be? What would a show be without it? <sighs> It'd be a good show without it. That's debatable. <laughs> by the way i actually you'd be proud of me because uh i'm going to a, a a friend of mine she's having like this kind of get together at a house on saturday i'm going to nice. and she's having like, this nice bonfire and so i said i go so if we wore tuxedos and drink martinis around the bonfire would that be called a bond fire ah there it is and the whole crowd <laughs> was shaken not stirred <laughs> she literally oh damn it <laughs> her, her, her immediate response was 
Okay, so your invite has been immediately revoked. Ah. <laughs> and then the bowl of feelings came out again. No, because I told her I put it on my Marvel, my Spider-Man whiteboard already, and it's already, you know, logged oh, in, so I'm oh, going to be there. Done. It's, it's done. It's a done deal. But as far as done deals go, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Don Nerdy Podcast. I thank everybody listening worldwide here in the broad who tune in every week and, you know, pay attention to our Facebook page, facebook.com. We have the Mean Mondays. We have the Cosplay Tuesdays and all new comics are coming out. Also, some big news, James, we announced uh, over the weekend. Yep, we've got a partnership now with Amazon.com where you can buy all kinds of great nerd stuff. So if you see us post up links and stuff, it might be something you're interested in. You can buy it directly from us. We have the safety and security of Amazon, all the checkouts and everything like that secure. You can still get the free two-day shipping with Prime, all that stuff. So great nerd stuff available at Facebook.com slash Dan and Nerdy. Also on Twitter, at Dan and Nerdy 757. I'm at James Ace with them on Twitter. Nick? And I'm at Merc with one arm. And as always, I leave you with this, comic book nerds. Always practice comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics. And get them at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards, by the way. Exactly.